Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the Hot Block Commander. How you want to end a one or two hour show to keep the brain running with the premise to talk sports on a national level? Both with the topic, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys diversified and educated. Yo, what's a guan? What up, War Room peoples? You're once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports. On the War Room Sports Podcast Network, I'm one of your hosts. I'm the boy Dev Mack, and I'm at the War Room Roundtable tonight with my brother, B. Austin. Y'all know B. Austin. He ain't even in the building yet, so I might be flying this puppy solo for a couple of minutes, at least a couple of seconds. But look, man, two weeks down in the NFL season, and, um, you know, we're going to see what overreactions from week one were righted in week two. Also, athletes are still out here acting like some kittens, so sit back, relax, bust it up again with your guys in the greatest man cave in the history of sports. That's the War Room. You can also get in on the conversation yourself by signing in right now to the Brotherhood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the War Room, or you can join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls in about 30 minutes on the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline. That number is 323 323- Four one zero 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 one two. So uh, yeah, man, um, it's crazy out here because it's been a lot of stuff going on this week. I wanted to ask my brother B Austin about some stuff that happened in Philly, but I don't know, you know, I don't know what B Austin is right now. Uh, shout out to you, Neil, in the in the chat room. Howdy, right back at you. Um, as you can hear, I'm flying solo right now because B. Austin don't ever come to work on time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm going to just be talking to myself for a little while. But, um, no, nah, man, I don't know if you guys heard, man. It was somebody, a woman in Philadelphia. She pulled out a gun at Chipotle. Now, from what I read, the story goes that Chipotle was getting a little crowded, um, and, you know, a lot of restaurants, fast food restaurants at that, you know, post, I, I don't like to use the term post-COVID because COVID is not over. It's nowhere near being over yet. Um, so let's say post-start of COVID. Yeah, y'all know what I mean when, you, when, when somebody says post-COVID, even though COVID isn't over. But anyway, um, and here's B. Austin right here. Uh, what up, B? But uh, in what Chipotle, in Philadelphia... The the restaurant said they were, you know, it was too many people in there. They they were a little short staffed, so they told everybody else in line who hadn't ordered yet, um, we would appreciate it. We're gonna we're gonna have to close the store, but we would appreciate it if you guys went out and placed your order online, and we can kind of you know bring them out to you one by one. Something along those lines. One woman in line, she went into a bag and pulled out a gun, like nah. Y'all going to give me my food right now. So because this woman had a gun, the people at Chipotle made her meal for her, you know, just so they could expedite her leaving the store. She waved it one more time and, and threatened them while they were doing it. I guess it was to hurry up. She got her food and left. 
Um, as of now, I haven't seen anything about this in a few hours, so I don't know if she's been apprehended yet, but the police are looking for her. But B, I've had some pretty good meals at Chipotle. You know what I'm saying? The burritos are, are, are banging. The, uh, the salad and the burrito bowls are kicking, as Martin used to say. But, yo, is Chipotle worth doing a bid over? Like, she's about to go do a bid over a burrito bowl. Yo, man, like, what's happening is, in your uh, hometown, man? That's what I want. What's happening in your hometown? <laughs> <laughs> My hometown. Really Yo, the hook, man. Um, listen, man, sometimes people got a lot going on in life. And this sister, obviously, it's more than about a burrito. But at this point, man, a burrito ain't worth, ain't worth doing no time over. But, damn, Chipotle do be having some great grub, don't they? I mean, she going she gonna to be eating cheese sandwiches down for the weekend, and then she going to be eating... Locked you know, up with dirty white hall. boys in Riga? Right, then she going to be eating that mess hall grub after the sentencing. I, it's just not worth it, man. I don't know what she was going through. I don't know what that sister was going through, but it's just a lot of stuff. Stories like this, you know, coming out of coming out of the hometown, man. The, the city be embarrassing me sometimes, man. Like, yo, she pulled... She pulled the Glock workout over a burrito bowl, man. Like, all they said, look, we short staff. We're going to have to close. Nah. That won't give me mine first. But why Why the guy go down like that? Like, you could have, you probably could have got the same results just raising your voice and being indignant. You know what I'm saying? Fast food workers don't want no smoke. So if you, you know, if everybody else is cooperating, you got one person like, nah. All right, they probably make yours. So you go, roll. you ain't had to pull out the hammer. Like, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. But um, anyway, man, I just wanted to bring that up. Um, Because, like I said, the city be embarrassing me sometimes, man. But, look, before we get started, y'all know what it is, man. We just got to remind you guys that whether you're with us live or not, at any time, you can catch our show and all of the shows on the War Room Sports Podcast Network on demand. You can do that. Uh on our website, worldroomsports.com, or on any of the many, many, many major podcast listening platforms. There's never an excuse to miss an episode of any show on the network. That includes the War Room, the Broad Street Line, the Tissue and the Tape Hip Hop Show, um, After Further Review with the Mayor, On the Couch with the Wilsons, John Appetit, if you want to hear about, you know, food and not getting <laughs> basically stuck up at Chipotle for three tacos and a, and a, and a salad. But um, y'all know what it is, warroomsports.com. You can check out everything on the network. All right, so before we get into these hot topics, man, hot topics are brought to you by MyBookie. Warroom family, it's time for you to make some money sports betting at MyBookie. If you still haven't checked out MyBookie, which we ask you to every single week, it's time to place a bet. Lay down some money on the biggest games in sports by joining the Warroom and thousands of other online players placing bets at MyBookie.ag. No excuses when you win. Just you get paid. You get fat. You get paid fast. No hassle. They even have in-game live betting, so you can place wages after you realize how silly it was to bet against Aaron Rodgers in the first place. Join now, and my bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to a thousand dollars. Just use the promo code War Room. That's all caps, one word, War Room, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. That's all. There is to it. All right, so week two of the NFL season is in the books, and it's behind us. 
Um, a few observations from week two. You know, I'll start off with the Ravens um, under, you know, the whole Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes thing. The Ravens finally beat the Chiefs. Now, in the Lamar Jackson era, they were 0-3 versus the Kansas City Chiefs. They finally got one um, in, in this fourth try. It was a very, very good game on Sunday night, you know, especially if you like high-scoring games and you're not too keen on defense, um, which is weird when you talk about the Ravens. But when you have Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs on the other side, then you kind of understand where their points are coming from. So um, Lamar Jackson finally, um, as they stated, got that monkey off his back. Um, I don't know if it was as serious as they – you know, tried to make it. It's a week two contest. Um, pretty much, it seems like already, just like it has the last two years, like anything in the AFC is going to have to go through Kansas City anyway. So, if the Ravens are for real again this year, then this is not going to. This is probably not going to be the last time they see this team. Um, did you watch this game, B? Did you see the the fireworks in this one? I did. Uh, Lamar Jackson spotted them, a, you know, a, a few points. Spotted them an early touchdown. Yeah. Went down, through, through, but a pick or two. Yeah. And, but you, um, but you also know that other dimension he brings, that thing that he can do with uh, his yes. feet, really was the thing that that saved them in this game. Passing wise, you know, he was 18 for 26, 239 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Rushing, mm-hmm. he was. 16 carries for 107 yards, led the team in rushing, 6.7 yards per carry, and two touchdowns. Is this type of offense in the, in the way that they're successful with Lamar Jackson, like, is it sustainable? Like, because if you would ask me, I would say no, because, you know, they fizzled out in the playoffs the last few years, you know, with this being the case. Can they get over I the hump like this? Man, this is this is a great case study for us to do one of the things that we do best but we don't necessarily brag about, which is teach people, man. So if you listen right now, this is a teachable moment. First of all, what I've noticed and we've made comment on throughout the years is as preseason and OTAs and practice get softer and softer and mean less and less, the more of a disadvantage NFL defenses are and the further behind NFL defenses are in the beginning of the season. At, at best, at best, it takes an NFL defense four regular season games in today's NFL to actually get up to speed because NFL defenses are complex, like they're super complex. And – One of the things that you'll notice is that running the football across the board is the simplest thing to do. Not the easiest, but the simplest thing to do in an NFL environment versus passing. And when you have the quarterback who is oftentimes unaccounted for, plus the fact that Lamar is the best, probably the best athlete you've seen since Michael Vick's prime since Ron Mexico, like him running the football negates the fact that their offense isn't really on track because he's not even necessarily accounted for. I know that sounds silly 
considering he's Lamar Jackson and he's the best running quarterback in the NFL, but he's not necessarily accounted for. So he erases any lag the offense has in terms of getting up to speed, and he exacerbates any lag a defense has early on in the season. I don't read a whole lot into this win. I think it's great for the Ravens. It's a momentum builder. It does show that they're a morality a team. Boost. But what I saw was both defenses are back, still back home sleep, and they haven't got to the stadium yet. Once they get to the stadium, it's going to be a different story. Once they get up to speed, once the defensive coordinators install the full defense, because believe you me, the full defense isn't installed and it isn't understood yet. So once they get through four games, you're going to start to see defenses clamp down. You're going to start to see exotic fronts. You're going to start to see less mediocre teams, and I'm not calling the Ravens mediocre by any stretch, but less mediocre teams putting up big numbers. I don't think any of the defenses that suffered, especially from the playoff team this week, I don't think any of them are as bad as they showed this week. Like, I don't think any of them are that bad. I think these dudes are still asleep. Like, they got to wake up. Because think about it, Devin. Offensive player has has an advantage over a defensive player because the offensive player knows where he's going and knows where the ball should be delivered. So he's automatically a split side. That's why the players are typically better athletes because they have to react and respond to something that they don't know. They have to react. So, yeah, that's all we're seeing. I mean, salute to um, – to the Ravens, it was a great win. Do I think they're overall better than Kansas City by the end of the season? Probably not. Probably not. Nah. But you play some my, you know, four, I mean, I they know they're not. another very well. I yeah. noticed they're not. But at the same time, like my my whole thing is about the sustainability of, you know, what Lamar Jackson t- tends to do best. Like a lot of people get mm-hmm. offended when they hear you say that. Like he can pass. Like I didn't say he couldn't pass. But it's not what he does best. If if you and ask I think him to no matter in the pocket and I win know, a game, but, mm, I don't know whether he's right. developed yet there. See, but that's the thing. How do you keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket? Like I don't. I, at this point, I don't really care what any defense does, what any scheme does, week four and beyond. Like he brings a dimension that you're not really going to stop. What I'm asking is, once the playoffs start and defensive scheme, you know, you're playing the teams with the better defensive schemes or you're just playing more prepared teams, is that sustainable? Even if he goes and runs wild in a playoff game, is it enough? And it, and to me, it hasn't been proven that it's enough to play, quote-unquote, championship-level football. I mean, and they've been in some, some close contests in the playoffs, so you can say, you know, Ball bounces this way, anything can happen, so you can't say never. And I'm not saying never, but just I don't know. Like yeah. just you don't you don't me. you don't want it you don't want it to be um the thing that the Ravens have to hang their hat on. And that goes almost for any quarterback. So I'm going beyond his style of play. We've seen enough quarterbacks where it feels like the organization and the GM are lazy when it comes to support providing talent or the salary cap got in the way 
and they couldn't put enough talent around them. And in the regular season, they're balling out. But when they get up against those better prepared teams, those more talented defenses, if you have to depend on your quarterback to be the main playmaker, it, it always spells disaster to me. Yeah. It almost always I spells mean, disaster. They have, they have some talent now, though. I mean, they're running back. Uh, room is like a mash unit at this point. Um, yeah. You know, on the outside, they got Hollywood Brown and and um. I don't. I, I know and, he's fast. I, I know. I'm, really... I'm I'm just naming him as one of the guys. I'm not. I'm not like oh, okay. running off okay. superstars to you. I'm just naming. He got a he got a hell of a nickname, but I don't. Yeah. And know. and as a as a, I mean, I call him Bollywood Brown because I don't really think he lives <laughs> up to the Hollywood nickname, but. <laughs> Not as a collective, they're a decent group. They also have mm. Hammy Watkins. So, you know, that's iffy. We know the talent of Hammy Watkins, but, you know, his Hammy will fail him. He only going to play him. four games. Right. His Hammy will fail him at any given moment. So that's what they got on the outside. They got Andrews as a tight end. Uh, Andrews is somewhere top seven to ten tight ends in the league. Um the crazy part about it, though, he's different when you talk about running quarterbacks. Like, they will call a play, and Lamar Jackson will run off tackle or in between the guards. Like, like that's, it's crazy the way he runs when you, you know, in, in comparison to what you think about when you think about running quarterbacks. Now, of course, he'll be in the pocket. His progressions might not be as long as, a, say, a pocket passer because he knows, look, I can go get this first now, um, you know, nine times out of ten. So it, it it's that. demoralizing to a defense because you can right. do everything right, and then he take off, and you like, damn, coach, I did right. everything right. So yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see where that ends up. I'm I'm curious to see where it ends up. They have a they had a big win. Um, people are talking crazy. You know, it's the first few weeks of the season, so everybody's a prisoner of the moment. Every everything is an overreaction. Um, they really were talking to these Ravens players like they like they won a playoff game or something like that. They were talking about because they were 0-3 against them with Lamar, like getting monkeys off their back and all that kind of stuff. Yo, it's week two. It's week two, and Kansas City is going to be heard from Yo, before this season the is over. Y'all might end up just one of the, you know, one of the games they lost on their way to another Super Bowl. It could be. So, yeah, we'll definitely see. Because on the other side of things, you know, Mahomes is out there being um, Mahomes. (laughs) 24 for 31, 343 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception. So, you know, you're doing that against Baltimore, who's generally regarded as one of the better defensive teams in the league, that they're going to be all right. So what I'm saying for the for the Ravens can't get too high off this. Move on to Detroit. Can't get too high off a win in week two. <laughs> you beat these dudes and what it what would it be week week nineteen? <laughs> Since there's no no excuse me because hey. Kansas City won't be playing in week nineteen. If you beat them in week twenty, <laughs> which is the divisional round or or twenty or beyond then this type of celebration is going to be warranted because you'd be, you'd be knocking out the biggest threat to that trophy. So we'll, we'll, we'll revisit this uh, a little down the line. But speaking of that and, and what quarterbacks can do on, in a situation to get a first down after everything breaks down, um, we spoke about 
um, Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts last week, right? Now, you know, there were a lot of people. We, we scour social media. We see what the fans say, uh, the media, the hot take media. There were a lot of people literally after one week of him being the starter, the named starter of the team, saying that they'd seen enough and he was great and, you know, he's going to be somebody's going to be heard from in the next years or so. And, you know, while giving him his props, you know, we tried to tell people to pump their brakes a little bit. And and we also explained how unfair that is to the players themselves because that kind of pressure, you're putting that kind of pressure on a young player who is bound to have some stinkers. I pretty much think, you know, the stinker might have come uh, last week in the form of a 17-11 to 11 defeat to the San Francisco 49ers. It was one of those situations where at least in the first half, the Eagles pretty much controlled the game, dominated the 49ers, but could not score the ball. So it doesn't matter how good you think your young quarterback is when they get in the scoring position and they can't punch it in, it doesn't mean much. So he finished the game 12 of 23 passing, 190 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. It's one of those things. I tried to explain. It's one of those things, though, like like maybe like a young McNabb when we used to, you know, he used to tell people that, like, at that time when he was young and wasn't really given the keys to the offense yet, wasn't really regarded as a superstar, wasn't some highly paid player. He never player. had the keys. I know, but wasn't wasn't some highly paid player. His mantra was always, well, he's not going to rack up a lot of stats, but he's not going to lose you the game. And you can say that when you look at the numbers of Jalen Hurts. Um, no touchdowns, no interceptions. So he didn't make the big mistakes as far as turnovers to lose the game. But what these stats don't show you is how many times the Eagles were in 49er territory, how many times the Eagles were in the red zone and didn't get anything done. He had some bad throws in this game. Now, what I said, I always said, well, you know, not always. He hasn't been there that long. But from his four starts last year and, and, his, and his two starts now, like I compare him a lot to 2012 Robert Griffin III, right? Offense that they're okay. running for him is really basic. A lot of, lot of you know, a lot of read option, but a lot of throws to the Ooh. line of scrimmage, a lot of throws five yards in the They run in a high school. They run in a high yeah. school offense. But, they, but then they try to, they try to hey, lull you college. to sleep. It, listen, they try to lull you to sleep throw the ball deep a few times. He hasn't proven to me yet that he has command on the intermediate throws, 15 to 20 yard uh, timing routes. As a matter of fact, most of the, you know, the ones that he's missing that are, that are the ones that he's missing that are very noticeable is, is exactly that. So that's where I got the comparison because that's the exact same thing. I thought of Robert Griffin, um, the third, even when he was winning rookie of the year. Had a great season, uh, threw for like 72% completion percentage, but there were certain things that they didn't ask him to do much, so he hadn't proven that he can do it, but there are also things that you cannot sustain greatness in this league Yo. as a passer without being able to do. And when everybody came down on us for saying that kind of stuff, especially, you know, Washington fans back then, year two, proven. And it was proven because of what yep. he wanted. He wanted to be a passer. And he went in there and told yep. them all this read option and all this stuff. This is not me. I'm a passer. His dad told the coach, my son is a passer. So they put his ass out there and let him throw big boy passes, and he couldn't do it. 
Yo. Jalen Hurts so far has missed on some of these passes. But last, last thing, man, I'm going to let you rock. I know I got the mm-hmm. enemies. But the, the thing that doesn't remind me of Robert Griffin the third, when they did the little thing, when they lulled you to sleep and they threw deep, he was good at that. I haven't seen too many. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go race with this. I haven't seen too many black quarterbacks who didn't have a great deep ball. Jalen Hurts doesn't even seem to have a strong arm, and that that's kind yeah. of alarming to me. A lot of his yeah. they threw at least four deep balls I'm on Sunday. Fluttery. Yo, not even the flutter. It seemed like they go 30, 35 yards, and then they just die yeah. in the air. Yo, he throws like me. <laughs> like yeah, so there was a lot of lot of joints where his receiver had to stop running, try to come back for it. And as fast as they are, they're not the biggest and they're not the strongest guys. So they're not going to stop because yeah. of an underthrown ball and fight through somebody and and, and catch the pass. He doesn't right. have those guys. Quez Watkins is fast as hell. That's not what he's going to do. Um, you know, Devontae is 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 fast and is a good route runner, but that he's not going to wrestle through you for a ball. So that was kind Jaylen of Rager is to me because there. not only – I don't there. expect young quarterbacks at that stage to be able to do the intermediate timing routes type thing, but I damn sure expect you to at least be able to air it out and let these dudes run under it. That's a little alarming Yo, to me. He, he, he does not have much in the way of arm strength. I'm not going to invoke the name of Chad Pennington, <laughs> black but Pennington. I am going to say black that Pennington. he – a little Fitz, a little Fitzpatrickish, you know, in terms of arm strength. Maybe a little stronger than that. Um, uh, yeah. So I tried to explain to to the fan base, which which I share favorite team. Dude, we're not gonna play the Atlanta Falcons every week. We're not gonna, and and I'm not even saying the Niners are some great juggernaut. But they're like a real NFL defense. The Falcons aren't a real NFL defense, which is why you're able to run a high school offense against them. Like, you no, put that we, mess no. out there against we real put up NFL 11 defenses. Points, man. We put up 11 points, and that last touchdown <laughs> Yo, was kind of like, too little, too late, doesn't 11. mean anything. We Three, and then we got the, we got the, the two-point conversion after the, the late touchdown. Oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah. When we once we gotcha. scored that late touchdown, we didn't even have any timeouts left because we used all of our timeouts to get the ball back. So it looks good, like oh, we have a game now, and and commentators like to say that, but we really did not have a game now. <laughs> mm-hmm. They scored their eleventh point. You know, the only reason they would say we, we have a game now is because when it when they you know they got the two point conversion, they made it a game where if they somehow got another touchdown, they would actually win the game and not tie the game. But without any timeouts, all the 49ers had to do was get one, um, one stop. first down. And that was a little yeah, difficult down, for the done. defense to stop because they had been on the field all day making up for the offense's lack of production. So I didn't feel in any type of way that we had a game now and, and that the Eagles had a chance to win that game. But, um, yeah, hey, <laughs> hey. I, I don't know. That That's the only alarming part, man. Like I said, I don't expect him to be throwing darts 15, 20, 20 yards to a moving target right now. I expect people to get better with that. I know people who became superstars and highly paid players who never got better at that. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, 
mm-hmm. what they're doing right now, it does remind me of a lot of the offense when we had Donovan McNabb. It's just that Andy Reid, you know, he dumbed it down to a point where we could still put up stats. We could still put up numbers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But when I say that, I mean, like, a lot of your completions are to stationary receivers, a lot of button hooks where they're facing you and you're just throwing it to a guy who's either, right, who's, who's either stationary or they're coming back to you. Um, you know, he has a you – know, every, and everybody does. He has a, a few good throws per game. You're like, okay, that's, that's, a, that's a nice throw. But the consistency – in the NFL. Yeah, the consistency on those throws is what's not there yet, which I don't expect to be there yet. But like I said, the only thing that really alarms me right now is his arm strength and the deep ball. And this is coming off of a game where he completed a 91-yard pass. But it's not like most of that was. That's because Quez was. I was going to say most of it wasn't in the air. Right, most of it wasn't in the air. The pass might have been 25 yards, and then Quez, you know, did what he was supposed to do. But that, you know, even that that pass was it, it was accurate, but it wasn't the deep ball where you're going to connect fifty yards down the field. That's you know, I I, I, I hear scary. you and I agree. I judge quarterbacks basically three throws: opposite hash, fifteen yard out, which is really a thirty or thirty five yard throw that you got to put on a rope. And if you want to throw coverage in there, I want to see it against the cover two where the safety's bearing down and the corner is working for depth, so it's a bracket throw. Uh, touch on your tight end down the seam where you're beating whoever's covering him and safety in front of him. And then, you know, that dig route kind of coming across the middle of the field or drag route, whatever you want to call it. Those are the three throws, and they're all intermediate range, like, not too impressed on the deep ball because I figure most NFL quarterbacks have a strong arm. Not too impressed on your screen game and your ability to check the ball down, right? So those intermediate throws are very, very important in the growth and development of a QB. And you don't have to have a strong arm to master those. Drew Brees showed us this. So Jalen Hurts, the jury's still out on him. He could develop into a tremendous QB even if he does throw shot put uh, deep balls. Like, he could still get his life together passing a rock. But for right now, he is who I thought he was. I don't expect him to be – I don't expect us to have great quarterback play this season. Uh, He may surprise me, but it's not going to be based on his arm. It's not going to be based on his arm. So, Shout out to Skyview. He said, meanwhile, Derek Carr is throwing 61-yard ropes to rugs. <laughs> he definitely is. I'm, I'm going to be on my Jimmy on this one. Um, he, he's on my fantasy team. He's not my starter because I got Patrick Mahomes. But I definitely – and I didn't draft him. So, for some reason, Derek Carr was still out there on the waiver wire. So, I went out there and grabbed him um, because he is balling – after two games, and I'm, you know, we got to throw that out there because we don't want to look silly and look prisoner at the moment. But after two games, he's starting to look like the Derek Carr who was in the MVP discussion before injured prior to the the Raiders uh, going to the playoffs a few years ago. Um, so, man, did I my man bring up Derek? My man brought up Derek Carr in his fifth or sixth year against Jalen Hurts, who's only played five NFL games. Why are we doing that? <laughs> 
Nah, but that, but, Derek Carr, but 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 at the same time, a lot of people don't believe in Derek Carr. I always thought he was pretty good. I always thought Why not? Carr brothers. I always thought, but because people, you know, they go on what they think they see, and they jump on narratives and all of that kind of stuff. You know, he gets hurt, and he's not playing that well after injury. Like, people don't even take into account that he was injured, and it takes a while to come back from that stuff 100%. Um, so I always thought he was a pretty good quarterback. Right now, you know, he started off, you know, really good looking, you know, I don't even know if you can yeah, say this after two weeks. If there was a two-week MVP race, he'd be in it, but there isn't. So uh, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how it – Um, but Skyview, I mean, look, man, you see how better quarterbacks get when um when when Aguilar leave your team, man. I try to tell you. Shout out to them. Uh, shout, <laughs> shout out, out to Aguilar. What's your man? The Raiders. <laughs> Shout out to the Raiders. All right. Um. So speaking of RG3, because we did bring his name up in comparison to uh, wow. dude. RG3 <laughs> says he's still working out, and he's not opposed to returning to D.C. Because, you know, Fitz, Fitzmagic got injured. So they got Taylor Heineke uh, there now. So – what he, what he said, he said, first and foremost for me, I still want to play. And remember, he just got a gig with, with, with the four letters. So he's showing right. you, like, you know, what I wanted to do, but, you know. I thought he I, retired. I proved to be he a, retired? No. The game, as they say, the game retired him. He didn't retire. Like, if you can't get a job, yeah, when you – and then you that's go embar- out. And get a, that's uh, embarrassing when you're 32 you go get years an old. Job on my TV man Tom because, Brady said, I'm going I'm 50. <laughs> right. So he said, first and foremost, for me, I still want to play. Um, he was on the Adam Schefter podcast. He said, I'm working out 11, 12 at night, 1 o'clock in the morning after calling games during the day because, really, if it means something to you, you find a way and you find the time to get working. Um, and then when they asked him, would he be open to a return to Washington, he said, yeah, I mean, it could, to be honest, it could work. He's like, uh, I'm sure you saw the tweet that I put out saying make the call. Because remember, Ryan Fitzpatrick got injured. He tweeted make the call and had a picture of him in a Washington uniform. So he said, um, Taylor Heineke, don't get me wrong, every opportunity he's gotten, it seemed like he sees those moments. But for me to go back to Washington, that would, uh, would have to be something that Coach Ron Rivera and the team would be open to. What are your thoughts on this, man? Do you feel like even through the humbling experience that he's had, he may have an overflated opinion, an overinflated opinion of of who and what he is? Yeah, he's thinking because I'm working out that I'm not out. Hopefully you've been working out for the past, you know, 15 years, and it just hadn't worked out for you. Yeah. You just weren't what they said you were going to be. I mean, people, there's a lot of people out there that still give him the injury excuse which I can't give him because he told us, like his dad, that he was a us, passer. He is a passer. So if you're if you're slowed down by leg injuries, if you are what you said you were as a passer, that shouldn't matter. It really shouldn't matter. But yo, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers mattered. could play this game in a wheelchair. <laughs> Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, when we talked about the stinker that he put up last week, he was even R E L A X, and and exactly like I, like I said, you know, Jeopardy. What is relax? Aaron Rodgers came out. You know, all he did was twenty-two for twenty-seven, two hundred fifty-five yards, four touchdowns. 
and zero interceptions for everybody who wants to, you know, say that these players are washed after one bad. It's like, how long did you wait for Aaron Rodgers to have a bad game like that? So you Your whole life washed up. <laughs> yeah, like, come on, like, y'all wait for one bad game, and he's washed up. So he went back in Monday night against Detroit. Um, meant a lot to me because, you know, I, I had I was playing against his running back, Aaron Jones, and half of the damn touchdowns he threw were to Aaron Jones. So I lost my fantasy matchup because Aaron, because y'all wanted to piss the ball off. And, and get him upset, get him tossing, tossing right. touchdowns. Yeah, he – um. Right. Nah, man, I, I expect Aaron Rodgers to be Aaron Rodgers. Like, That's what yeah, I'm saying. Last I, I, week was more of an aberration, more of an anomaly than, oh, he washed up. No, last week to me was shocking um, simply because the fact that, you know, do you really expect somebody who was league MVP to fall off that bad, to have damn near the worst quarterback rating, the worst QBR that you can have without turning the ball over? Like, do you expect that to be the norm for Aaron Rodgers? Like, and if you did, like, you're stupid. That's that's the only thing I got to describe it. Like, you're just stupid. Either stupid or you've been waiting for his downfall. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the only two things. Like, you wanted him, you wanted this to happen, or you just don't know football very well. All right, man, so before we Hit these phone lines. Let's let's do a quick pick six, man. We didn't get to our pick six segment last week, man. We're just going to take six games from the upcoming week and, you know, just give you our, our quick thoughts and or just our pick of who's going to win. We're going to start with the Bears at the Browns. Now, the Browns um, are getting – they're supposed to be getting uh, Odell Beckham Jr. back. Um, from his ACL injury, he's supposed to play for the first time this season. Um, on paper, we already know what the Browns are offensively and defensively. On paper, they are just beasts. Um, but Chicago's coming to town, and Justin Fields is getting his first start because of an injured Andy Dalton. Um, I don't know if this is going to be the beginning of the Justin Fields era because Nagy is still is. saying when Dalton is healthy, it's Dalton's team. That's what that's what Nagy is saying right now. So who you got in this matchup of one and one teams? Yo, the Browns are gonna put something brown the Browns are gonna put something brown on the head of the Bears. They're gonna pile drive. <laughs> I got the Browns, man. Uh I got and the, the Browns. And the bull they got playing Q B is overrated, but all them weapons, man. All them yeah, weapons. I, I got the Browns as well. Um, and, the, and their weaponry doesn't just stop on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, they have Man, three. They, got a defense. they have three. Um, I don't know if I want to call them superstar. They at least have three passers who are supposed to be superstars. They have the rookie, and of course they have Miles uh, Garrett, and of course they have Jadavion Clowney, who was Miles Garrett before Miles Garrett when he was coming into the league. Um, you got all of those dudes just on the defensive line rushing your quarterback. Um, on on the offensive side of the ball, like you said, you know they got probably not even probably they have the best running back tandem in the league with Nick Chubb and and uh, Kareem Hunt. Um, very hard to stop those dudes. I don't see Chicago. I mean, I think Justin Fields is the better answer for this team right now. Um, mm-hmm. Dalton, I guess he brings a little bit veteran steadiness for a team that thinks they can make it to the playoffs, but 
look, you drafted this dude, you moved to draft this dude. I think it might be time once you put him out there, like, you know, why snatch him back out unless he just totally stinks up the joint. And against this Cleveland defense on paper, and I'm going to keep emphasizing on paper because I still don't think they've shown yet on the field this season what they can be on paper. But on paper, I don't see a rookie quarterback going in here and doing that well. But Justin Fields might surprise you. I'm going to go with the Brownies at home as well. Second game. Uh, we're going to talk about real quick the Saints at the Patriots. Now, this is another battle between one and one teams. Jameis Winston, story of his career, he's a case of Jekyll and Hyde from week to week. First week, five touchdowns. Um, second week, <laughs> stinker. Um, what say you for week three? All right. I don't know what happened to B. <laughs> All right. Oh, there he is. Uh, what say you for week three? Uh, Saints, Patriots, Jameis and his Jekyll and Hyde act. I'm, I'm going with Jameis, man. I'm, 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 I'm back. I'm back where I was three, four years ago. Reluctantly, man. I got to get a dude a chance, man. He, he too talented, man. He too talented, man. I'm, I'm going. I'm going famous, Jameis, man. I hope. The Jekyll and Hodge-ish got to stop, though, man. Got to yeah. stop. Golly, Yeah, I mean, man. He, after all of these years, like, Jameis Winston could get some semblance of consistency. Jameis Winston will be one of the best quarterbacks Yo, in the NFL. Jameis Winston but how can, long make, can, we can make – How long can we keep saying that? Jameis, how long can we talk about potential? Jameis can make throws that are effing incredible. Incredible, and I blame I, I use your excuse for him and just blame it all on I blame it on the LASIK on his eyes, man. He don't be seeing, but now he got the surgery, man. I don't know, hey, yo, no, man. No, he can't he can't let me down now, man. Come on, James. I'm back <laughs> with you. Come on, James. Famous don't James, do it man. Famous James. All right, um, I'm gonna go. It's a difficult one for me as well, but I think I'm going to go with the Saints on the road as well. Um, third game we're going to talk about real quick, uh, the, the the WTS, <laughs> the, what the, the what the F versus the Bills, the Washington professional football team versus the Bills of Buffalo. Um, and this is a matchup, uh, another matchup between one and one teams. Who you got winning this one? Yo, the the I listen, Washington's D line is, is tough. But nothing else is tough. And Josh Allen is real. Yeah, and, I, I and got, Washington I got, you got yeah, the Bills. I got the I I got the Bills, man. Yeah, I think I, the Washington Bills are to a me legit good ass team. They're Washington they're like stuck in the I don't know. It's like what they do quite often, even when they're a threat in the NFC East. Like, they'll be a threat because they have a really good defense, but the offense just can't put up enough points, you know, to win on most weeks. Um, And I think this will be one of those situations because the Bills, like you said, you know, Josh Allen is real. And I think – I just don't think – no matter how well Washington plays, I don't think they're going to—they're not going to be able to keep up um, as far as the scoring goes. 
So this might be a game that starts mm-hmm. off as a little bit of a struggle, but I, you know the Bills are going, the cream is going to rise to the top, and they're going to show you know offensively like all right, we can put points on the board. You you really can't. All right, so I'm I'm gonna go with the Bills on that one as well. We have the Bucks at the Rams. Now this is a battle of two two and O teams, defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to visit the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Um, I yo the Rams look really tough. Um, I think I'm gonna take the Rams on this one to give the Buccaneers Damn, their first God. loss of the season. Um, you got uh, you got Stafford who's looking a little rejuvenated in his new place with all his weaponry on that side of the ball. And then, you know, you know what the Rams can do defensively. So I think it'll be a good game. Um, as good as they are defensively, you know, nobody's just going to shut the Bucks down like that. So it should be a good game. And I got, I got um the Rams taking it. Who you got? I'm going, I'm going more with what I want to happen than what I believe. So I'm going with the Rams too just because my nature makes me root against terrific. Um, so yeah, I'm going, I'm going Rams, man. I want to see, I want to see Stafford uh, and, and Jalen uh, get pretty far in the playoffs. I do. All right. Yo, Cooper cup is turned into a, a melanated human being. <laughs> Packers at 49ers. Uh. Aaron Rodgers tends to take the Niners personal, so I got as I got uh, I got the pack as he should. As I, he should. I got, I the, got pack. the pack as well. Um, I think the Forty ers are a really good team, but you know I think they showed some weakness last week, um, and it might have a lot to do with yo. It might be time for them to just move on from Jimmy G. Get rid of the let, let the let the young boy Trey Lance let him play. Um, Garoppolo, like a lot of what happened in that game why it was so low scoring, especially on their side of things, was because Garoppolo was just missing a lot of throws that he shouldn't be missing. I mean, the Eagles played pretty good defense, but there were some that, you know, if he was able to get back and get a do-over, like most professional quarterbacks need to complete some of these passes. Um, I don't know if that's going to be an ongoing thing or maybe it's the pressure of having a highly touted rookie sitting behind you, but you let that pressure get to you, then you're going to be sitting behind that highly touted rookie. Um, A lot of quarterbacks, you know, they get that rookie behind them and they play better. (laughs) Shout out to, you know, speaking of the Niners, even though he wasn't with the Niners when this happened because the Niners had already jettisoned him for – a highly touted young player in Colin Kaepernick, but Alex Smith, you know, he played well with Cap behind him. I just think they didn't think he gave the offense the same kind of spark Cap could. And then even when he was playing in front of Patrick Mahomes, Alex Smith played very well. Like he doesn't seem to get the young quarterback breathing down my neck type jitters. But at some point we got this young guy for a reason. So, you know, you're going to be the casualty of that but he never seemed to fold and give his job away. He's always made it difficult for, for the coaches. Um, I'm with you. I got the Packers on this one because I don't think the 49ers can go out making the same kind of mistakes offensively that they made against the Eagles because this is not the Eagles. This is a team that can score. So <laughs> don't play yourself. 
And speaking of the Eagles, we got the Eagles visiting the Cowboys on Monday night. Who you got in this one? Uh, I'd rather abstain. <laughs> I, I would too, but I'm looking at this the same way. But we, but we have a sports media show, and we're doing a podcast, so we have to. Yeah, you're right. Um, fuck. Yo, we, I, I think for me, this is one of those those situations. The Eagles definitely have a better defense if they have a chance to score on a team. This is the team they can score on. But I think it might come down to, you know what I'm saying, which Duh. offense can sustain. Um, because, you know. I ain't, ain't going to, yo, that offense is capable. One game against that Atlanta. Offense, no, but that listen, offense one game against Atlanta, even though they scored 32 board. points, it wasn't an explosive 32 no, points. So it doesn't give me – it doesn't give me the thought that they can do this on a consistent basis, even if they were playing against bad defenses. So I yeah. think it's going to come down to again. We didn't mean this. It's going to come down to possibly a shootout, and I don't know if 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 we'll be able to hold up. Now I hope they prove me wrong. We're in a but shootout I, I'm with a, a musket. We're in a shootout with a musket. We got a young <laughs> musket, and these dudes bringing a. Uh, well, according to you, to this, it's a it's a day. musket on the other side too. The twenty thirty minute conversation y'all had about Dak last week and what you think of him? Nah, so. he's not a he's not a musket. He a, he a handgun. <laughs> he a handgun. He got he got six he got six rounds in the chamber. Yeah, he a revolver. But what they got on the outside and what they got with with dog, we didn't even want to score thirty two. We weren't trying. Atlanta is that bad. Like, that wasn't – we didn't try and score 32. We accidentally ended up with 32 because they're that bad. Like, we can't we can't score with Dallas, man. Dallas can legitimately put up 40 with a bum at QB. Like, they got too many weapons. Um, yeah, we, we, we not. All right, who you got, man? Yeah. Damn, man. You got Dallas? Oh, boy. All right. Yeah. I mean, I know I can't pay you to say nothing yeah. nice about the Cowboys, but – <laughs> Make your pick. Let's move on. All right, man. I quoted a week, man. This comes from Tom Brady's longtime personal trainer, and he was talking about, you know, why Tom Brady ended up leaving the uh, New England Patriots. He said, the interesting thing I think here, and this is just me and outside of looking in, it was like Bill never really, I think his emotions or feelings never evolved with age. I think in time with Tom, as Tom got into his late 30s or early 40s, I think Bill was still trying to treat him like that 20-year-old kid that he drafted. And all the players, I think, realized Tom was different. He's older, so he should be treated differently. And all the players, none of them would have cared that he was treated differently. I think that was such a Bill thing. He never evolved. So you can't treat someone who's in their 40s like they're 20. It doesn't work. Um, do you think there's some legitimacy in what he's saying? I mean, because we talk all the time. One, but, but, but I thought I, I, that I was never, the quote unquote patriot way. I thought nobody that's the patriot was above the team. I never, I never heard, I never heard it put that way. But mm-hmm. analyzing the situation, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth hand, and looking at it, I think that's one hundred percent what the case was. Right. I think so. It was kind 100%. of an ego thing with Tom. Like, yo, I'm first of, I'm the goat. I'm 40. But rightfully like so, yo, I'm the goat. Me. 
like the rest of these dudes. But at the same time, the, everybody coming chip. up in that system knows that it's the quote-unquote Patriot way. This is what fans used to brag about. Nobody's above the team. Bill will get rid of you in a minute, this and that. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter what your stats are. you got to play hard. Like This is the kind of stuff that they used to say. So as fans, could they be – you know what I'm saying? Should they be okay with hearing this type of thing, that basically Tom Brady left because Tom Brady wanted to be treated differently? They they all still yeah. love him, so they're going to defend him no matter what. But if this was anybody besides Tom Brady, even though it's the Patriots, there is nobody besides Tom Brady. He's the biggest thing that the organization has ever had. But if this was anybody else, they'd be talking that Patriot way stuff. Yeah, talk the Patriot way, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah. that's our, our quote that's of the week from from Alex Guerrero, Tom Brady's um longtime trainer. I don't even know if he was, you know, if he was given permission to make these comments. Like, why? First of all, why y'all talking to Bull anyway? And <laughs> why? Why he? Why are you doing this? All right, so our stat of the week, mm-hmm. man, is from the world of baseball. Um. <laughs> This is kind of an amazing stat, man. Uh, Dodgers pitcher, Dodgers ace now, I guess. Well, well, Dodgers have a lot of aces now <laughs> because of this trade. But one of the Dodgers aces, Max Scherzer, has not allowed an earned run in the last 36.2 innings. No starter. Listen, no starter over the last 100 years has gone 40 consecutive innings without allowing an earned run on his second or more team in a season. Remember, he started the season with the Washington Nationals. So this streak no. is going into, you know, like, so he's, he's, he's in his own right now. He, he's on fire right now. So Yo. we'll see. Yo, and we'll it wouldn't see, be, see if he can get to that 40 a, mark. A, a pod, it it wouldn't be mark. a War Room podcast with, and a Dodgers mention without me saying this, but he liked the Manny Ramirez. <laughs> what about your boy Bonds? Though? I don't even know. Fa- if he had to face Bonds, would he have broken this up by now? Ooh, that's a good question. Nah, you know what? Because yeah. you can keep your earn, you can keep your earn run status by walking Bonds. If you walk Bonds, oh, that's know, true. even if he even if he scores, it's not considered an earn run because a walk is not an Yo, earn. Yo, one of the run, things so. that I I have to say about baseball, man, and I know it's because I don't understand the sport. But walking walking a hitter just seems like a word that we would have used when we were youths, but is not allowed now. Like it seems it rhymes with hay. Like it well, seems like well, it not, rhymes well, with I mean, hay, man. Like sometimes I know, sometimes I know, I know it's probably the right thing to and do, you're just not, and it's the throwing. You know, your good stuff. You're not getting stuff over the plate. Now, I think what you're talking about is intentionally walking a player. Yeah, I mean, you have intentional walks, which Bonds got a ton of. But at the same time, that's a call from a manager. So you can't really blame the pitcher for that because no pitcher is just going to walk a dude without his manager saying that, you know, without saying give him the base. Um, Funny thing is, you know, it comes back to bite people a lot. It it came back to bite the Orioles the other night. They were playing the Phillies, um, uh, bottom, I mean, uh, top of the 10th inning. They walked Bryce Harper. There was already one man on base. Um, they were only up one point, I believe. They walked Bryce Harper, which means they're putting the, the winning run on first base intentionally to get to the next batter, 
who's not a bad batter, but they're just so afraid of Bryce Harper that they're willing to put the winning run on first with a good hitter coming up and JT Real Muto. JT Real Muto hits a double. They take the, the one point curtain the, the one run league and win right. the game. And it actually happened two nights in a row because they walked Bryce again last night late in the game to get to JT Romuto. Romuto, like, don't I, disrespect me like this. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You disrespecting the other batter. Listen, you know I don't, you know, I ain't, I ain't into that game. But I can say that I overrate Bryce Harper because I went to a game and he hit a grand slam in front of me, like literally wow. in front of me. So, you know. Me and him and Manny are my guys. But I mean, to be really fair, that, Bryce Harper is about to be the National League MVP this season. So, you know. You, you he's that good. Right okay. Uh, he's nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's nice. Yeah, they... <laughs> he's nice. I mean, Washington played him out with, a, with their World Series win, though. After all that, like, he left to go to a rival. Fans cut him all up. And then that very next year, the team won the World Series without him. So... <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's that's crazy. Yeah, that's real tough to take right there. So you need to get one with these Phillies at some point. Um, it's not gonna be this year. They're not, they're not good enough. Um, but he's balling out of control. Remember, I told you a couple of weeks ago they're comparing his August to one of Barry Bonds' entire seasons. So when you get hey. compared to Barry, that's great. But what they're comparing you with, you know, you did it for a month. Barry Bonds did it for a whole season. Um, for for a living, <laughs> he did it for a living. So, yeah, so that's our, our, our stat of the week. Um, we're going to talk some, some some Ben Simmons and some Zion Williamson in a minute, but we're going to get Tobias on the line because I know he's going to mention that stuff too, so we can just talk about it. With him on the line, so we're going to go to the phone lines. we got the homie Tobias calling in from Arizona. What up, Tobias? Roll damn Todd. Who's the next victim hey. of Todd this week? Pull, pull the sensor out real quick. Fuck Alabama right now, that horrible performance. That's all <laughs> no. I got to say. That was Yo, embarrassing. Hey, now you know what that's from. Hey, you know what that's I've from. I've never right? heard you, know you like that. B, you know, but you know what that's from. They didn't take an L, and he knew they weren't going to take the L. That's from not covering. That's money talking right there. Oh, that's money that's talking right talk. there. That's what that sounds like. I tell you what it really is. Talk. And, I tell you what it really and, is. Shabbat, next time you ask us to pull out the sensor, give us a couple of minutes to get to the sensor. Sound like a Scott Turner promo from back in the day. Can we get to the sensor? Can we? Yo, FC, yo, FCC, we did do it. Or, or, or we can get the shorter one for you. You know what I mean? Like we yeah. got you. Man. Hey, the real reason I was angry about that game was the quarterback of Florida couldn't throw a lick, and they still ran for 200-some yards against Alabama. That's what I was mad about. And right. I, it, I was it, kind it, of – To see, like, how do you let somebody run so well on you when they don't have another dimension to go to? Yes. If they can't do the other thing, then you should stop this, right? Yo, they was out there running the wing T. That boy got me. This offense was obsolete for 20 years. And I'm like the defensive coordinator. They just feel like it did Bill Curry, former coach, late 80s, early 90s. He went 10-0 every year but lost to Auburn three years in a row. They just did the defensive coordinator the same day they did Bill Curry, throw a brick through his window. They did throw a brick through the coach window. Yes. Uh, <laughs> like 30 years ago. But, but yeah, that was angry. But now Before yeah, you start, right, Scott, someone... he said this is the Cowboys year. He got Cowboys Raiders in the Super Bowl. 
right, yeah, okay, all right. Next thing so you're going to say, Walter Mondale beat Ronald Reagan. Are they going to Raiders, or are they just going to make it and lose to your Raiders? You can't have them beating your Raiders. Hey. Go ahead, go ahead. He, uh, he told the Cowboy can't do that would be an easy win. He ain't slick. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Choose somebody but, that nobody's going to get mad at me for picking against. Yeah, <laughs> but y'all talk about some of these games, right? And I bet on, I mean, bet the, I bet the under on that Carolina New Orleans game, right? And so I had to watch that one. That was a ass flipping, right? But just how you know how serious COVID is for these players and coaches that want to take the vaccine. The Saints were down eight coaches because of COVID, COVID stuff, Damn. and they missed a couple of players over that. Uh, you know you need, you, you know you need people. Hurt. You know you need people holding Jameis' hands during the game. Like, come yeah. on, you can't, Fox, can't be down eight coaches. Fox fans, Willie, Will will tell you this one. Fox fans and media, the Bucks media still writes reports on Jameis Winston, charting every game still. And so right. I was like, so they do, but why, so they why are they killing him? It's not like, you know, he, he on the team. they replaced him. It's not like he decided, what? you know, this is the, I want to go in another direction. That's why they let that man live. Like, why they, it's like they, it's like, Maybe deep down somewhere, the people that we saw from Bucks Nation who didn't really like Jameis, maybe deep down somewhere, they actually liked him a little bit. So now their whole mission is to hope that he does, you know, terribly so they can talk bad every game and say, see, we made the right decision. But it's like, dude, y'all got rid of him? Y'all got a Super Bowl afterwards? Like, wish the man luck and let him move on. I mean, even though he is in the division, but... You still don't have that's to what they mad about too. They like, well, he's not a second white. But if y'all think, but yeah, that, and that's why I said deep down they really, they really think he's better than what they let on because you wouldn't be nervous in the least bit if like like when Donovan McNabb went to Washington, I wasn't nervous at all. Just like he Andy was Reid wasn't nervous and traded his ass to Washington. So it's like, yeah, it, come on, man. It's, it's, it's some QBs are gonna throw picks. Some some QBs throw five. Hey, Kirk Cousins don't throw picks, but what the hell is he want? <laughs> you know, uh, you know, Alex Smith. What the hell is he want? You know, so I think you got to get with someone who could be your governor. I'm not saying the guy's going to turn to Tom Brady here, although Patrick Mahomes be throwing a lot of supposed picks. I don't know why defenders drop his ball for some reason. <laughs> don't, don't get me started on him. He be throwing it up. And the defense just somehow doesn't catch it. But Jameis do it. They be toe tapping, one hand catching, running through defenders to get to run a pick six. I'm like, damn, that's bad luck. But so, you, so you're saying you're saying Pat Mahomes got a lot of Brett Favre in him? It's just that the defenders oh yeah. aren't catching him. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I watched a lot of games. I bet on them. And you remember how Baltimore yeah. came back? Was Pat Mahomes throwing a terrible pick? He was going on his knees. Hmm. The media didn't crush him for that. Crushed you know who. But and that's how that Baltimore got back in that game to win that game, and so I just find it funny. Like with narratives, it's like Tua got right. See, he can't stay healthy. But how about the fact that the guy got hit three times in six plays? How about <laughs> they have the no game? damn offensive line, right? Like, hell yeah. no, you can't stay healthy when you're getting battered and bruised every play. Like, come on, but they man. drafted a wide receiver, number five, six overall. So what the hell does Sean Watson going to do with that bad offensive line? This is the same quarterback with a Texas supposed to pick the top five under his watch. I'm just saying, year five, year six, you shouldn't be having a number five overall pick. You're supposed to be that guy making $40 million a year. Sorry, those are the rules. Uh, <laughs> but 
But it just it's like if you have a narrative, you can't escape it. And the hot take media and a lot of fans are waiting to pounce without looking at things. And that's just some of the things I hate, though. And it just, just and it's like, like they're ready to pounce on Aaron Rodgers. He washed up. Yeah. Yo, yeah. he washed up. He yo, I, I can't like. I've I've really I, I feel you, Dev. I've reached a point where I can't really interact with with mainstream media and even mainstream fans. Uh, yeah, they don't watch. It's all it's all hot takes, man. Is forming the the popular opinion like that's crazy, man. Yeah, it's but it's also it's also it's also a watch this type of uh, mentality. It's entertaining. Like watch watch me say some dumb stuff, but watch these people go repeat it in their everyday social media, you know, uh, conversations. Like, they know what they're talking about, and they sound and, and for instance, right, did y'all, hear, did y'all hear the hot take media bring up any all those coaches gone? Because, you know, they had the rookie quarterback, Ian Book, handling the substitution. No, they didn't bring that up, did they? <laughs> no. They're not going to bring that up. Oh, I guarantee you, if yeah. it happened for Tom Brady, they're going to let you know that Tom Brady is not fully staffed over there. Hey, let's be honest, guys. If you if you're down 26-7 late in the fourth quarter, I don't care if you throw a pick. Sorry. <laughs> Why are you banging on people? But y'all were talking about Ben Simmons, right? Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, because we haven't yet. But I'm, I, was, I was about to ask y'all about that. I was about to ask y'all if I could switch gears a little bit and, um, you didn't say please. and talk about basketball. So for the people out there who, you know, who doesn't know, um, well, we talked about Ben Simmons last week. Um, we talked about the fact that the Sixers were talking last week about expecting him to show up um, for training camp. So this week they finally got somebody from the Sixers um, to actually interview about this and make some statements. It was head coach Doc Rivers. He was on, you know, one of those four-letter shows. Um, I believe he was talking to Screaming A. Smith. Um, and, and he asked him about the situation, and he he expressed that the Sixers definitely want – Ben Simmons back um, but he did confirm that late August um, in a meeting with Ben and his agent he definitely told the team that he no longer wishes to play for him um, he demanded the trade so we can no longer say like well you know that's that's the story that's out there but we haven't heard it straight from the, 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 the horse's mouth where we heard it from somebody who was right there and somebody who was involved but you know Doc claims to still want Ben Simmons. He says the organization still wants Ben Simmons, but Ben Simmons and his camp uh, seem to be holding tight to this. We're not going to show up, not going to show up to training camp, not going to show up to uh, preseason, not going to show up to regular season, and he's willing to lose the money that he's going to lose. Now, Tobias, I know you got a, a good opinion on this, so you can start us off. What are your thoughts on this whole thing? Should the Sixers take 50 cents on the dollar? to get rid of Ben Simmons and move on from this situation? What do you think? I think you got, I think what's happening is, one, people got to realize this ain't baseball or the NFL here, where where you where you could trade Mike Trout for prospects if you want to, or you, you could dump Tom Brady for a seven-round pick if you wanted to. The NBA, you have to match salaries. So that means gotta you got to match him up. Yep. Now, I think that's a stupid rule. But, and, and, and also, like Tobias, before you keep going, like, b- before you even say that, you know, just telling the people, like, the difference in this situation is usually teams are willing to do that because you can get a lot of players and, and picks back while matching a superstar salary. But this is a team who considers themselves contenders. 
So they don't mm-hmm. need eight players back for Ben Simmons. They need some people that's going to help them stay on the level that they are. That's why this is difficult um, right now. Go ahead. Yeah, and, uh, and so what happens is Ben, I think, like, I remember it's like back, they always say a good practice if if you want to demand a trade, you kind of keep it with, under wraps with the organization. You can work it out for you. So they, they could be good and you're not going to be stuck. Problem is, if I'm the Sixers, I'll find his ass every day. I wouldn't bend because I'm not going to sit here and take the John T. Murray and every whoever day. else and Keldon Johnson. Every uh, every day. That that, that nigga needs fined every hour. That's <laughs> every what I'm saying. Hour. Because so that's, that's here's the problem. Man, every hour. That's your, that's your philosophy, but, too? Just stand packed, just kill his wallet until he but, but so he's um, Here's the problem, right? You still got to run. You still got the rest of the team that way you got to set a standard for. And uh, Now, I think they made a mistake maxing him out when the dude cleared it, wanted to try to get better. Uh, you know, because yeah. here's the thing, right? This how you know the they maxed up. him before they had to. Like, his contract wasn't even up yet. No, I mean, I, I understand you try to lock people up early. You're trying to show your commitment to them. But this time it backfired because look what he's doing now. You know, he had one bad yeah. game. I mean, he had uh, a bad series, and then somebody, you know, the coach, who I still maintain, I don't think Doc Rivers said anything malicious or egregious. Like, they asked him, has been right, after the championship game. point guard. How the hell should I know? Are we in the championship? Did we win the championship? So I can't answer that right yeah. now. And I, um, I think he was more agitated I, so, with the so, question than with the, with the interviewer than – the actual topic, like we just lost. You know this dude had a bad game. You want to ask me if he can be a championship point guard? I, I, no. I'm, I'm, I'm. Listen, because How of soft of you to get and, mad and, at that. I want to be. I want to be somewhat objective. Y'all know I'm a Philly sports fan, so I literally hate this bull. But here's my thing. My understanding of sports and the way it works, and, and I know every everybody isn't this way, and, you know, you, you got guys that they're in it for a job. They're in it for the money you can make. They're in it to change their family's trajectory financially, and I, I get that. I get that. But all of the guys that I love, and more than that, the game I love, is predicated on skill development and being just 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 competitiveness like wanting like he 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 misses it for me in two areas that are sacred in sports number 1 he doesn't want to get better to me i could be wrong but he doesn't really want to get better now if you don't want to get better i don't know by, if he by doesn't want to get better, better. Be, i better just be, think he's better be afraid shack. of embarrassment you better be shack like you because already got to come with you got to be will there's just improvements that he's afraid to bring out and try to show in the game because he's afraid of embarrassment. He's he's well, worried then, about too much that, how then, he looks. Then you a bitch. Well, then you a bitch because <laughs> he, he got millions and millions of money. Right. Millions and millions of money. And you're already in the NBA. Who cares what anyone thinks? Competitive greatness calls for you to want to beat teams and other players bad enough that what other people think shouldn't matter when it's time to get down and win. Like, you are literally hurting yourself and your team by not shooting. And I'm with you, Dev. Care if he ever takes a three-pointer in his life or not. Me, right. Little ninja. Be, be Brevin Knight. 
man, master the 19-footer. Master the mm-hmm. 17-footer. I don't care about the three. But, yo, you are killing me right now. Like, you're you're killing me. Like, you don't your, – your lack of competitive zeal and fire, I can't respect it. I can't – like, everybody that I love wanted to work themselves to death to get better. Like, I, and that's all I can really respect. Like, I can't respect <laughs> anything else. Like, Shaq – I give guys like Shaq a little bit of a pass in that they didn't necessarily work on their game or getting better. But when they got in the game, they right. wanted to rip your throat out and w- to win. This dude doesn't want to win that bad. Like, all right, so now you're not working on your game. You're not working on your craft. And to me, you're not good enough to do that. And then you don't want to win bad enough that, yo, I, yo, he is diametrically opposed to what I stand for especially in the context of basketball. Like, <laughs> basketball, either you're Allen Iverson and Shaq, and all right, we know you're not Allen, you smoking and doing menage a trois in the offseason, but I know when you come to camp, you the there off-season. to get down. Like, you trying, you you willing to die to get a victory. Or, or you Kobe, you Kobe and Joe Johnson, and you putting you're in copious amounts of work on your game. Like, Kobe three he does balls. neither. He does neither. Well. Like you don't want to win, and you don't want to work on yo. I, nah, man. I can, yo throw that so, in the pit of the unfortunate. <laughs> Skyview hit him with the with the Nino quote. Never liked you anyway, you pretty mother. <laughs> um, you know what? No God. But but, but, but and then Skyview also says ship him to OKC. Problem solved. But see, but this is where this is where it gets OKC tricky. don't want we're that talking problem. About, we're talking about um, yeah, like who who are you going to get back from a team like OKC? And he said, you know, Gilgis Alexander and a couple of picks. Why would they give up Gilgis Alexander? Like, why would they do yeah, that? Why would they do that? But at the same time, Fans make up even trade. if they like, did y'all give make up Gilgis y'all make up Alexander trade. and a couple of picks, I, I'm not giving not, them up. Right, but that, but even if you do, that doesn't keep the Sixers on the same level. And this is the problem. And, and, and Tobias and I have had this conversation over chat. Because, yeah, as a fan, I'm, I'm with with, with, with Tobias is saying, find his ass, sting his wallet until he breaks and, and shows up. Like, he got four years left on his contract. Like, don't let him strong arm you. That's nice and easy to say if you're a middle-of-the-road team or you're a bad team. This is a team who was the number one seed in the conference last season. This is a team with a small window with an MVP-type talent in their prime in Joel Embiid. Like, you can't just sit around and and because you want to be spiteful and and hold this dude's career and like that's why in these situations when we always go into this like yo what leverage does the players have to do this and then we figure out like damn that's kind of the leverage right there team is they look at themselves as a contender so how long can you sit around just finding dude and not getting any talent in to try to keep the team on the level that they were so i think the Sixers might take that approach, but if and as they fall down the standings, they're going to be desperate, and they're going to end up taking 30 cents on the dollar for dude because they don't have a Here's choice. A pro- because because you know who's going to start complaining after a while? Joel Embiid's going to start complaining because he's going to get on that bandwagon of what people are already saying. You're wasting my prime. Like, I'm sitting here in my prime, and – you know, we're playing around with this dude. Get rid of his ass and get me some talent in here to help me. That's where it's going to come to. And then we're going to end up with, you know, 
something that's not it's equal. Dante Murray. Because so people how much say what they want about dude not shooting. Him just sitting out, this team is not the same as they were. Like, don't underestimate the playmaking, the defense, the rebounding, and all of that kind of stuff. He's a straight asshole on the offensive side of the ball and the, the free throw shooting. And as of the Atlanta se- series, being afraid to do that stuff to the point where he hurts the team. But if he's just sitting out, yeah. this team is not going to be anywhere near number one seed, let alone a number four seed, five seed. And Joel Embiid is going to slowly start to get mad. And they're going to case. I see it happen. But, but see, here, here's one thing I say on this. I don't think Philly's making the finals anywhere. I think they blew that shot with Ben. Yeah, but, I mean, um, but uh, uh, Tobias, I, I think 90% of America, probably 99% of America will agree with you. But is – but do you think the management of the franchise will say, well, we ain't making the finals anyway, so let's go ahead and play this game with ball. But Their but, job but here's is to what try I'm looking to at, make right? this team but, win. So they can't but here's just, the, just be like a fan, like, well, sure, y'all ain't going to make the finals anyway, so just give up on that. Can't but here's that what I'm position. looking at, right? But people love bringing up the game, the one or two games Ben actually scores and Joel beat off the court. The problem is being in the regular state, they would defend you differently in the regular season then they will play. He could get away with being indifferent from shooting or doing anything offensively Yo, in a regular one season. million percent. Yeah, one million can. percent. So when you look at yourself as a true playoff contender and you look at yourself as a championship contender, you understand that, hey, we can make it through the regular season, but the Sixers have genuine aspirations, and they know but that can this they? asshole, when we get to but the can playoffs. They? Can this, they without him? Huh? Make it through the regular season? Can they? Yeah. Because Embiid's only going to play 60 games. So can they make it through the regular season playing this game of tag with him? They can't. Embiid's not going to play enough. It, so when Embiid was wait, down honestly, and they still had Ben, they were good enough to win games in the regular so, season. So, so if is Ben's your, not so there and Embiid wants to miss his 20 right. games, they, right. they're cool. So your perspective, your perspective is without Embiid, this guy can generate enough offense. We win in the regular season. That that's that's kind of where you're looking he at. Has. Yeah, it's been proven. But what I'm saying is, because I'm not saying I'm against y'all. All I'm saying is, how long can the organization stand pat doing this? If I got an answer, Morey, I, I got job answer. is to get this team I got, to a championship. I, I got the answer, Dan. They yeah, gonna have like, to like, wait. Like, Tobias don't think they're gonna make it. Hey, I think our window is closed. Hell, and, and I'm a diehard fan. But can Maury, can Maury say that? Can Maury get on TV and say, shit, we ain't going to the finals anyway, man. Let me go ahead and play this game with this ball. Come on, man. He get no, eight alive. Maybe the next one getting run out of town. You can't yeah, I, I, you I, I tell you when they go make the move, when they trade him. When mm-hmm. free – like, well, people – a lot of fans don't realize this. I forgot what the name of the rule is, but you can't trade, like, free agent until, like, a certain date on the calendar on the season. Usually it'd be simple. Like you when mean it's like, like people who just signed with the team, yeah, traditionally like that, and rookies like that also. But uh, so maybe around that time, you still got time to get back in it and be in it. Because as long as you got it, because as long as you get in, you got a chance. Uh, you know. Do you think? But I think do you that's think when the they might be able to do Tobias? it? Because you know the Timberwolves have, have put their name in the ring and you know put their name in the in the, in the hat several times. I need I need Anthony Edwards. That's what I'm saying. Do you think the Timberwolves will come off of B. Austin's Young Bowl? Cause, yeah. but, but, see, that's what I'm saying. You, we get Anthony Edwards in a package of Timberwolves. 
if it don't if it ain't cat, which we don't need, like it's still like no disrespect to Anthony Edwards because he will probably wow, become. I need mean, him in the end. No, no, I'm not, I'm not disrespecting him, but <laughs> but right now with with Ben makes and with what he's already done in the league, that's still getting thirty percent on the dollar. Because uh, you Anthony get, you Edwards is going to be the big name in that, but you're going to get Anthony Edwards some picks and some 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 Timberwolves bums. That ain't and, and the, the Sixers don't, the the Sixers don't and, and, and Malik to a Pippen. top three team in the conference with a package like that. And then they're talking about yeah. maybe C.J. McCollum. I'm like, look, Blazers, don't call me if Dame ain't coming. F-O-A. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and I like C.J. I like C.J. But if you but if Dame ain't coming, like stop calling my phone. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I understand the Sixers. I'm with them. Like, dude, I do not want to give dude up for a pack of annihilators. Because as flawed as he is, dude is one of the more talented in this league. Rookie of the year. Yeah. Three-time All-Star. Should have won the defensive player of the year. Like, for Mm -hmm. everybody, for all of our views as fans that he hasn't got better, like his accolades and achievements get better every damn season. So that shows you, like, yo, somebody – who can't do something? Yo, that, as, ball, that as, ball went from sixteen, eight, to, the and eight game. to fourteen, seven, and seven. Right, right. But, so, but yeah. But when he went to fourteen, seven, and seven, he also became the best perimeter defender in the league. So let's let's look at the let's look at it from both sides now. All right, like that matters. And with with the lineup, the Sixers were trot out there with him and 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 my young boy from Australia, other Australian. Yeah, well, him and Thibault did yeah, was very Thibault. important to that team though, because. The Sixers are always good for a stretch where they cannot score the ball. So this is not me defending them. This is me trying yeah, to up one of his our best trade player won't shoot. I know, but this, uh, this is me trying to up his trade value because people are just looking at yeah. one thing. It's crazy how if he can't and won't do something as basic as shoot the goddamn ball that he's still seen around the league as an all-star. Like, he didn't have to make those all-star games. He never got voted into an all-star game. Coaches know what he is, but you know why coaches look at him like that? Because they all think if I got him, I could fix him. That's what they all. Think. You know what, guys? This is one of the best. I you this. To do Actually, I think I he, got him. I can fix him. I think he fits on Minnesota because Carl Anthony Towns doesn't want to play on the block anyway. He won't <laughs> hey, be Ryan Anderson. He fits so, on Minnesota. I think he fits on Minnesota because they ain't shit. But anybody who's in Minnesota. Yo, <laughs> I, I, I'm, Tobias, I'm trying to trade him to Alabama. <laughs> hey, hey, our basketball team's getting good. Scott, you said Maxie's the future anyway. Y'all aren't giving Maxie enough credit. Dude, future, this is what you, this is what you, real, what you fail to realize. By the time Maxie so young. is what he might be, Joel Embiid might be, have his final injury. That you know that that does him in for his career. I don't give a shit what Maxi is going to be. I love Maxi. And speaking of, I'm it, trying to win now. About, I'm trying to win Rich Paul now, trying to run the league. Rich Paul trying to bogart Maxi out of town too. So you know, you know, any fella. Ben Simmons deal might include Maxi. So don't fall in love with that because he might leave at the same time. You don't want to love so. Maxi, but Maxi you know yeah, is the future. We're looking now, man. This Sixers window is small, and with Brooklyn yeah, getting back Max fully like healthy, 19, like it might be shut unless yeah, they get yeah. an injury, which is possible because Kyrie and you know he, he he might he might not even get injured. Kyrie just might decide to go help orphans in China or something. So <laughs> you always have a shot with Brooklyn being the best team in the in the conference because hotel either injury or. 
or just, you know, Kyrie being Kyrie, <laughs> which they said Brooklyn might have been prepared to trade Kyrie to the Sixers and Kevin Durant put the kibosh on that. Kevin Durant said, <laughs> Kevin Durant said, I'm going to leave menstrual blood all over the, 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 <laughs> the practice facility if y'all trade Kyrie out of here and I'm going to do it every day. So, you know what, though? And one thing I think people fans I love Maxie, understand. Man. You know what? I think fans and players got to understand. Not that they're fans, but the players. LeBron waited. To, LeBron didn't demand a trade, folks, about the player empowerment. He left with yeah, the contract in. The player empowerment movement. Because all of this stuff, these players are doing this under that guise because they know, you know, under that, which I think is a false narrative at this point, because they know there's a ton of fans especially, you know, black fans, who are going to defend that and, like, hey, player empowerment. Y'all get mad because people are putting their careers in their own – no. It's kind of the player kitty cat movement because it's come to a point where this empowerment only pops up when you're tired of competing. It's getting too big mm. for you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but go ahead. Make your, make your point about uh, LeBron. So before Oh, I'll say, guy, he never demanded a trade. He left with his contract ended. And Mello, we left Denver. He did them a solid. He gave them a year heads up that he wasn't coming back. Yeah, because um, Mello pretty much so, didn't have to do what he did. The Knicks would have been stronger if Mello wait. didn't do what he did. The Knicks would have actually been stronger, but Mello played him out and, and helped yeah, the, the, the so calls out. He didn't demand a trade. He just said, "Hey, I'm leaving." And then, but the problem is, like with Ben, four years left for the day, he signed the deal. Get mad! I want to be. I ain't gonna do this. The owners always win in CBA negotiations. They're billionaires. Y'all are millionaires who got a bunch of Instagram chicks pregnant. Uh, <laughs> so See, they always but, go but win. Tobias, we can't absolve LeBron from this, though. Like, LeBron is no. still the face of this movement. And it's like the, you know, when we were chatting earlier, it's like the analogy I gave you. Like, okay, LeBron always did it in a smart way. Like, okay, I'm going to yes. sign these small contracts. So I can be able to bolt if if things get too difficult around here. They're not giving me the and people I need. That's why Cleveland can get nobody last time out. Up. Right. So, you know, LeBron's was still a, a case to me of, you know, getting tired of competing on a certain level, especially when he left Cleveland the first time. You know, with, with, with Miami, all right, we, we tore the league up for a few years. We didn't get as many championships as we could. This boy yeah, Dwayne Wade getting old. This boy Chris Bosh got, you know – well, no, he the didn't have the blood clots yet. I don't think he had that yet until because he got his contract and he was there by himself before he was forced. And balling. But either way, the team wasn't what it was. So LeBron's like, ah, that means I'm gonna have to, you know, do more, play a little harder. Let me go back here. They got some young balls that that I can run with. Either way, I still think he's the face of that, but he did it in a smarter way. That's not gonna make him look as bad as these mm-hmm. guys who got two and two to four years left on their contract and now they're just trying to trade. Um, yeah, give him a chance. But I, but I think the difference with that is, is, is one of those situations where you get a hustle, but you tell your homies about it, but your homies are stupid, and they come messing up your 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 hustle. You know what I'm saying? Like I I work at Best Buy, and you see me come home with with video games every month. Like you know, like, mm-hmm. where you get them from? Oh, I'm getting them from 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 the job. Your man go get a job at Best Buy. You even put him. You know, you you recommend him. And then he go, and he's stealing video games every week. 
instead of <laughs> once a month. So now they're noticing that the video games are, are stolen. Everybody gets in trouble. Everybody gets busted. You messing up the hustle. So I think they're messing up LeBron's hustle. You know what I mean? Because now this dudes is not asking something out that was done. Years. It was just an example. Nothing is incriminating. <laughs> this is alleged. Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but you know what, guys? One thing also, what people don't realize about LeBron's last stint in Cleveland, Kyrie left because LeBron was always going to be out anyway. And also, Paul George would have been cool being traded there. Kyrie did the right thing. Love played himself. (laughs) Yeah, and also here's another one. Paul George would have accepted a trade to Cleveland, but LeBron would commit past one year. Even ownership, like, hey, can you at least give us another year? (laughs) You know? Hey, but he wouldn't do it to Paul George. Like, screw this. Now, can't say leaving it, living in Cleveland unless, you know, they got a couple, you know, little guarantees there that LeBron won't be there. And so that right there goes unsaid. But I think ownership, what people don't realize, and uh, ownership, when these CBAs come in, don't get mad. They start saying three-year max deals, <laughs> you know. Uh, mm. Don't get mad at that. Or, or, or basketball yeah. income. Or like, you know, how do we know? Out. You know, how do we know when your cycle will come on? You're not going to be trying to, you know, force us to trade you. And like I said, that, that's going to be the situation, uh, Tobias. Because yeah. in a situation like this Sixers situation, as much as we want them to just play dude out and 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 you know keep his money and all of that kind of stuff, they're eventually going to have to cave because they're they're in win now mode. Now, if Ben Simmons was the star point guard on the Minnesota Timberwolves or a team like that, you know, they like, we can play this game for as long as you want to play this game, dude. Like, we only going to win 13 games this year. So if we the Oklahoma City Thunder or somebody like that, all right, you don't want to come? Do your thing. (laughs) Do your thing. Yeah, these people are dumb. These players are like, uh, they're not seeing the long game here. Where it's like, these owners, they get mad because, uh, actually, yes, they can't trade you. Hey, put a no trade clause in the contract. Uh, that's a problem. But a lot of times, you hear a lot of these cases, they told Drummond, hey, so stay home. We'll still pay you. We'll find you a trade partner. We ain't going nowhere. Blake Griffin, the same thing, and buying Blake out. You know, so a lot of, you hear a lot of stories also that ownership will work with the player, try to find a place that way he wants to go. They go in another direction. They don't talk about that. In the oh, yeah. but, the, but the but the way the way that this one, I mean, because they're doing that with John Wall, like we'll work with you yeah. to, to find you something. But like I said, they got time. They're Houston. They're trash right now. They got time. Mm-hmm. They got they time will, to find be the best deal that they can find. Yep. Like, yeah, usually in situations like that, it's it's still like a you know with Blake that was Detroit. Like Detroit time, they could do that. They could be nice to players because at this point they're looking to rebuild. So they got to be as nice mm-hmm. to players as they can because they want people to come and play there. They don't really have anything else that's going to, you know, bring people there besides how management treats players. So mm-hmm. I, don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but, uh, I think y'all talking about Zion also, right? Yeah, Zion, uh, Zion is reportedly – ghosting the Pelicans as well. And people don't know how this is going to start to play out. He's not returning to anybody's calls. He hasn't gone to workouts with teammates. He doesn't. Like he doesn't work out. Griffin. Um, so that's what I'm saying. This is the player empowerment era. But to me, it looks like when the going gets rough, the going gets tough. Rough. You know, the, the they, kitty cats. They fold. 
demand a trade. <laughs> if, if he's that bad, like this is what I'm saying with him, he doesn't have to sign a rookie extension. Right. But if on the Pelicans, here's the thing: the Pelicans got to understand this. He's gone anyway. But you know these, <laughs> you, know, mm-hmm. you know these dudes will, Tobias, because their team can pay them more than anybody else, and then they'll do this because you can yeah. now, just because you can. But yep. you're right; and, uh, they're gonna mess it up for themselves with the or, or the players behind them, them with the collective bargaining agreement. If I'm the Pelicans, now I admit they didn't kind of mess up. I thought they should have kept Alvin Gentry for another year or two. They shouldn't have fired him because they get no better with staying uh, with staying Van Gunn. That was a terrible hire, and we'll see what Willie Green does. But they have a lot of young guys on that team, so they they're still growing. And if he doesn't want to be there, I'm gonna be honest. I trade him. You can get a haul for mean, this the, guy. The, 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 there's no patience there no more. Nobody wants to put those steps in, you know, to get to that pinnacle. Like people can do the whole well. Michael Jordan and, and 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 LeBron comparisons all they want, and you know even the people that's digging and reaching right now well, might never beat the Celtics and might had to beat the Pistons when they were old. I don't know when like thirty two years old became old. You know they had just won the championship the year before. How did you become old that fast? <laughs> but anyway, y'all see how it is. Like now, like people are so silly about this that they're reaching like, well, y'all ain't talking about y'all act like Mike lost in the first round of the playoffs. That didn't exist. No, that was called rites of passage. That's how everybody got over the hill, over the hump back then. You weren't allowed to just tuck tail and run and surpass that challenge. You had to go through that challenge. It was the same way with the Pistons. They couldn't beat the Celtics. They eventually beat the Celtics, and the rest was history for them. The next team up was the Bulls. They couldn't beat the Pistons. They eventually mm-hmm. beat the Pistons, and, and, and the rest was history. The crazy part about it was their dominance was for so long, that next team up never really got a chance to, you know what I'm saying? I think Orlando probably was the next team up. They beat, you know, they beat the Bulls in that one series, but then they couldn't get it done after that. And when Mike came back at full strength the next year, it was all she wrote. So the next <laughs> team up really couldn't get over that hump, get their rights of passage. And I think after that, you know, the league started to change, even though you still had those stories. Like even when the Sixers made the, 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 the championship against the Lakers, it was a few years in the making. They used to lose to the Pacers in the first round. They finally got over that mm-hmm. hump and they finally got into the finals. Same thing even with the Lakers. Shaq got there. Kobe was young. Lots of Utah. They used to get beat against Utah a few times. Like, it's just the way things are, but now nobody has nobody wants to wait. LeBron got impatient, you know, with a team who was like number one in the conference. He got impatient. Um, it was everybody else's fault when they lost. He got impatient. Now you got dudes that come in after LeBron, like, look, he left. Now they want to leave earlier and go get with something so they can go get. Like, I don't know, man. It ain't no guarantee they won the title. That's the crazy part about it. Uh, it, that's the crazy part. Like that—that's the reason why Giannis is so beloved. Is that you saw the story? Pete, the average fan likes the story of you taking those lumps and going and sticking with it and winning that title. Because now Giannis doesn't have to win another title. He's Yo, good. He, well, that's well, Tobias. 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 That's because that nobody wants that's because it's in. a relatable. It's a relatable story because most yeah. of us can't tuck tail and run when we face yeah. something in life, right? So mm-hmm. 
what these a lot of times these athletes don't realize is you know one of the reasons that any well I won't even go down that route I'll just say this anytime the common fan can't relate to you you, you you're gonna lose it. <laughs> no, gonna but lose I'm gonna it. let y'all I'm you gonna let y'all answer this question, B. I'm gonna let you and Tobias answer this question from Skyview. He said, "Who's more valuable to the Sixers, Doc Rivers or, or Ben Simmons?" <laughs> Come on, man. You can hate Ben Simmons' guts and be like, hey, "Yeah." On, Yo, on, first of all, <laughs> let me just answer that. Let me answer Doc that. Doc Rivers way. is not I'm gonna that take good ben of a Simmons. coach to me, man. I'm gonna take Ben. Sim- Come on, man. You taking my thunder, man? You told, told me to answer. Yo, Doc Rivers is one of the most o- overrated coaches in the history of. Co- I mean, it's even statistically like dude got a lot of bad stats along with that one Celtics win. Like he's not really a good coach. So he's a I would, he's a people coach. Usually players like him. He can relate to players play, even in a, this yeah, younger level, generation. Being an older guy, pulled. that's his strength. Yeah. Other than that, and and he used to have a strength. He used to be decent calling plays out of out of a timeout. But look, man, Doc was on the verge of losing his job in Orlando. I'm sorry, he wasn't on the verge. He got fired in Orlando. He was on the verge about of losing his job in uh, Boston before Danny Ainge pulled the, the rabbit out of his hat and got those three dudes together. He wins with those dudes, and he becomes an, an instant legend. Goes to the Clippers. You know, has teams that are even more talented than that, and they choke every single year. And he has a lot of, like B said, he's on the side, he's on the bad side of a lot of choke statistics, a lot of elimination yeah. game, you know, losses. Come on, man. I, I, they like, get no better. If anybody, with Doc like, than if, if you, in that case, if you say anybody who answers Ben Simmons, you just you're just in your feelings right now. You hate that bull. Yeah, it's both which is, you know, which is understandable. But you gotta admit that when you answer that question, man. Come on. Yeah, and because cause you got to remember the Clippers fired Finney Del Negro. Doc Rivers oh. didn't take them any farther than Finney Del Negro did. Yo, and, uh, that, Doc Rivers didn't take the Sixers any farther than Brett Brown did. And people in Philly hate Brett Brown's guts. They hate his guts. Hey. They think he's trash. <laughs> I would have I I thrown 15 million at the Toronto coach so I get a coach. <laughs> you know, all money that was for God. I can see but, that sorry. being Maury's solution then. I guess what are you saying, Scott? You saying like fire Doc to keep him? I I I don't think so. I think right he's now. at a point of no return right now because, in my opinion, Joel threw him under the bus way worse than Doc. I don't think Doc even threw him under the bus. Joel threw him under the bus. Joel was asked, "Where was the turning point of that game?" Oh, we pretty much lost that game when Boyd decided to pass up a dunk. Joel tossed <laughs> him under the bus. Doc said, <laughs> "I don't know. I can't answer that question." Like. And the part that hurt Joel the most, and I'm, I'm probably going to say it. All season, when he, when, when, in certain instances where he shouldn't have defended dudes. I don't see how you mad at Doc. He was loyal to a T, in my opinion. He, when he should have pulled him. But, like, Joe, I'm telling you right now, what made folks bad, and I was th- thinking this a year or so ago, before, if, if, Losing the series where they probably would have won the title. Because uh, I think they would have beat Phoenix with too much size with Phoenix. Oh, oh, uh, and he doesn't want to get better. Ain't nothing you can do. Because I mean, this was, a a, this, was, this was a good chance 
But I think the Toronto year is even a better chance because even if if everything else, you know, it's a big if, if everything else plays out the way it does for Toronto. They beat Toronto. That was the year when I wasn't afraid of Milwaukee. I was more afraid of Milwaukee this year. I didn't think it was a done deal that the Sixers beat Atlanta. They were going to beat Milwaukee. I didn't think that this year. But in years past, I didn't think Milwaukee was ready for that smoke. They didn't have a Drew Holiday, and people don't realize how important to what they did this season Drew Holiday was. They didn't have him then. I think the Sixers would have ran over Milwaukee, and if you go into that season, I already thought they were a good matchup for the Warriors. I wouldn't have picked them to beat the Warriors, but then if Kevin Durant gets hurt, Clay Thompson gets hurt, then you got yourself a lucky championship just like the Toronto Raptors. I think that was their You'll best take it. chance right there. I, I'll take yep. it. I, I'll, play, I'll play the Washington Generals in the chip and brag about the championship like we beat the, the 2001 yeah. Lakers. Like, I don't care. Like, you get it how you get it. But, but question, you can only guys, play who they put in front of you, right? <laughs> what did y'all do about Zion, though? Now, that's a different one. I mean, but I think Zion, I think he, I mean, you don't want to give up on that kind of talent, but at this point, if he's going to do this, if if this gets serious and he don't want to be here, you still have you a little more leverage in that situation because he's still on a rookie contract. You're you know not what, trying though? to salvage a hundred million dollars or so. You know what I mean? Tyler, it's gonna hurt. You can like, get a man, haul. We had the number one pick. We had the next big star supposedly in the league. But come on, I think you move can take it. Move to Seattle. Can, hey, can we get to move to Seattle or Vegas? Get out of New Orleans. Move to Seattle or Vegas. Uh, that t- that right. finish and I have a team. All right, Harry, uh, make your last point, man, so we can get out of here. I'll say this. Uh, thank, thanks for being nice to me for once, Dev. Man, you've been treating me good for once. Like, yeah, right. yeah, but this, I'll say this. This wasn't even a call. This was a segment. This, you <laughs> yeah, I appreciate he that. He featured on the show. He happy because yeah, he featured he, on the show. You, you, basically, it, 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 you, basically, you filled in for Jimmy tonight. <laughs> Pretty hey. much. Tobias' segment is filled by it's it, it, it sponsored by moneyholesandclothes dot com. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but I'll say this: I think that if the if I will sit down with Zion and say, "What does he want?" And if he's not going to stay here long term, let's be honest, he's not staying here long term. I will start looking for trade offers now because you get a haul for this talent because he ain't staying anyway. Just get your haul. And that sometimes you may have to get rid of this guy, but you get a lot of good players. Say, see, see, but that situation, picks, so. they're in a situation where they can take a haul. They can take young picks. They can yep. take young players. They, like the Sixers aren't – like if the Sixers end up taking a, a haul for Ben Simmons, then that means they gave up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Because they're not in a situation – like we don't need draft picks and all of that kind of stuff. We are in win-now mode. We need some dudes that are going to help try to beat these nets. That's what the Sixers need right now. They don't need a Yeah, home. and my last thing I'll they say, guys. Home, they, they, just, they tapping out. And my last thing, guys, I'll do whatever I have to do. If I got to include Max season picks, I, I still call Sacramento, see if I can get Fox and Buddy Hill. And uh, and, 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 and go with that. And just see what you, you can do, do with some. that. Because I mean, there are some because, young players in the league that you do take. You know what I'm saying? Like, Fox, I, yeah. I, I, I'll take a Fox and a, and a Buddy. Fox is, is, a, is a good player. Um, but he can shoot and get we his gonna, own we shot. Call, we gonna call Chicago and take Lonzo. How about that? Hey, nah, bro. We good. <laughs> hey, be awesome with y'all know right now. The Bulls are making the playoffs. Top <laughs> five seed, baby. Oh, and we gonna call the Bulls. A A B. We gonna call the Bulls and see what's up with with, with Zach. 
We're going to see what's up. Yeah, yeah, we need <laughs> Yeah, that's the trade. We're going to see what's up with Zachary. <laughs> All right, hey, man. We, we don't want to next week, man. Hey, you take it easy. Auto right, portal's bro. available, by the way. Y'all take it easy. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take Auto Porter for Mike Scott. I don't know. I probably would take Auto <laughs> Porter for Mike Scott. Mike Scott. Mike Scott. He he he. Terrible. Um, Skyview, man, your hot takes be off the hook, man. He said, "Watch out of the blue, they're gonna fire Doc Rivers." I mean, that would be crazy. But if they're gonna do that. They would have to get assurances from dude. Like, look, if we fire this ball, will you come back and bury the hatchet? You can't just do it and then, like, all right, we fired the guy that you're mad at. Will you come back? Like, you got to make sure first. He also said Brandon, Brandon Ingram is worthless without Zion. I don't know. I think if you trade Zion, you're going to get pieces that will help Brandon Ingram remain Yo, the Brandon, Brandon Ingram that we've seen. Oh, man, hey, Brandon Ingram is good. takes me crazy, man. Then he said, random, I think we will miss the Dwight Howard. I said the same thing when he signed with the Lakers, but once the Sixers ended up signing Drummond, I was cool with it. I actually think Drummond will be, will, will, will be better for them um, as a backup than Dwight Howard because Drummond is still a then starting Dwight. center. Yeah, and, 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 the thing, and the reason I say this, like he can do everything Dwight can do, and he can score. A little less, bit better. Less, and less he's not going to do dumb stuff. He's not going to do dumb yeah. stuff. Dwight Howard put us in so many situations with dumb technicals and all of that kind of stuff. I, I, I'm not going to front. Like Dwight Howard, I love Dwight Howard as a backup. But I think Drummond, he said Drummond is garbage. Well, Drummond ain't he's better than Dwight Howard right now at this part, you know, at this point in their careers. So, and we're only looking for a backup. So, I mean, if Dwight, if if Drummond is garbage, then what's Dwight Howard? <laughs> Drummond is a hell of a rebounder. He's gonna get you, and and Dwight Howard is a great rebounder per minute. Drummond is gonna get you more rebounds per minute than Dwight Howard. Um, he he's gonna be able to spell and be, Dwight Howard was in a situation where they only liked him as a backup. When Embiid didn't play, they still didn't start Dwight Howard. They'd start Mike Scott because Dwight Howard was only good at this point coming off the bench. Drummond is somebody you can start when Embiid is not there. They're, they're not going to do the same thing. If Embiid is not playing, Andre Drummond is going to start. So, you know, I don't think Drummond is garbage. He's not the guy that they were trying to compare to Embiid and make a rivalry out of that while he was in Detroit. He's nowhere near that. But as a backup, come on, I think Andre Drummond will be the best backup center in the league hands down, no question about it. And I say that because he can still be a very good starting center in the league with the right team. <laughs> Hope that team doesn't have to be us because that would mean, to, you know, your man is injured again. I don't, I don't want him to be. And then, like, Skyview rebuts with his free, free throw percentage. Like, you're saying, like, you're praising Dwight Howard <laughs> for somebody who does the same thing as <laughs> and Dwight then you bring Howard up free and is much percentage. younger like, Dwight Howard's free throw percentage is terrible, too. Like, you're getting a younger version of Dwight Howard right now. That's what you're getting. You're getting a younger version no, of what Dwight well, Howard is yeah, now. I, I, and as a backup, I'm not get saying you're saying. getting a young Dwight Howard. He's nowhere near what yeah, a young okay, Dwight okay. Howard You're yeah. getting a younger version of what Dwight Howard is now. So if you think Dwight Howard serves you well as a backup, which he does, which he did, this is a younger version of that. I'll take this. I'll take this. <laughs> so 
Well, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it works out. We'll see how it works out. But, um, yo, let, before we leave, man, real quick, we got to tell y'all what happened. Oh, oh, and shout out to J.J. Reddick, man. J.J. Reddick has announced his retirement after 15 Salute. seasons in the NBA. I kind of think this was more by force because what J.J. Reddick has been he couldn't um, get a job. demanding in salary in the last few years, I think that's what's derailing him now because he's used to a certain level of pay. I think J.J. Reddick could get a job in the NBA in no time like that. But they're not trying to pay yeah. you what you earn with the six twenty the last he, couple of he, years. He got contract. used to them twenty million dollars yeah, a year yeah. paycheck. So he's like, Let me just go ahead and I'm not gonna do the the veteran and then he the went, and then he went listen, thing. listen. Then he went into a meeting he went into a meeting and they were excited. He said, Yes, man, JJ, we were really <laughs> looking forward to having you and they right. slid the offer across the table and JJ was like, Yo, how can this? the reason the reason we mean? even had to bring this up and give him his props is because uh, we used to argue with people back in the day before we even had a show who said J.J. Reddick was garbage, who said uh, uh, Adam Morrison was better than him, J.J. Reddick wouldn't last two years in the NBA. J.J. Reddick is retiring kind of kind of on his own terms after 15 years in the league with, a, with career averages of 12.8 points per game, two assists, two rebounds, one of the best three-point shooters of his era, if not of all time. Um, so I just want to, you know, Salute the bro, you know, because there was a lot of people talking like yeah. that. But, you know, salute it goes with a lot of people just hate Duke to the point where, all right, he came from Duke and he wasn't the most athletic dude. Yo, so do you remember? You remember when JJ used to the, yo? He used to give out the work at at and, uh at Duke, man. And di- and didn't he used miss to give the playoffs out the work. Be until this season with the Pelicans. Didn't miss the playoffs. <laughs> So he carved yeah, out a nice little he carved out know, a great career, career for somebody that a lot a lot of haters were saying, oh, he ain't gonna last two years in the league. He garbage. He can't dribble. He can't do this. Boy, played fifteen seasons. Shout man. out to you, how and was a and was a <laughs> was a big part of some good teams. He was a starter on them Clipper teams. He was a starter on the, those you know these late Sixer teams. You know, JJ Reddick always carved out a little something. <laughs> All right, but that's so all since I got we've decided to give hey, JJ Reddick his flowers, man, I'm gonna just go ahead and say I saw him lock up Ray Allen. <laughs> yeah, when people Ray said Allen. he couldn't defend. Yo, the, the funniest thing I about saw him Ray lock Allen, Ray the way up. you and I look at Ray Allen is way different. Like Ray Allen is one of the biggest underachievers ever to us. And when people were like, "Oh, are you hating?" No, that's because we both are in the 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 thought process of Ray Allen being one of, if not the most skilled and talented. Shooting guard who has ever stepped foot on an NBA floor. As I, so for all as the Ray Allen stuff the, that y'all like, you know, <laughs> championships, oh, he as shot a, a lot as of third, third, fourth, fifth wheel, you know, that's securing his spot and all that. Yo, Ray Allen was supposed to be the man. Ray Allen was supposed to be better than Kobe. Ray Allen was supposed to be better. Ray than Ray Allen was supposed to be better than Kobe. I apologize. <laughs> He's supposed to be better than AI. He's supposed to be better than a lot of them dudes. But hey, when they came out in '96, like, come on, man. He was nice, and then he just decided to tuck himself into a, a role of just being a shooter when he had more game than pretty much anybody in the draft. But for a while, for as long as he lasted, lasted, Kerry Kittles was a bigger dog at two guard out of that class than Ray Allen. Not saying Kerry Kittles was better. That's because Ray Allen was wrong. the best. I'm talking about being a bigger dog. I think if Ray Allen had pit bull in him, Come on, man. We be talking about Ray Allen versus Go. Michael Jordan right now. 
That's what we're talking about. It wouldn't be LeBron. It now, wouldn't instead, be Kobe. Talking it wouldn't about, be all instead, we're talking, talking about, about is Ray Allen. Allen better than Reggie Miller? Right, right, right. We still got it. Like, there's an argument whether he, whether or not he's better than Reggie Miller. And come on, man. What he came in with, come on, man. So that's And Reggie Miller about. is one of the greatest overachievers of all time. Reggie had one skill and parlayed that into a Hall of Fame career. Ray Allen ought to be ashamed of himself, man. <laughs> so we know y'all want Some of y'all this, won't get it. Some of y'all won't it. understand it. We don't care. All right, look, real quick, man. What happened while y'all were on the grind, man? Of course, it's brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. If you or your business need a custom website, we'll for dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom website solutions you need to call Digital Extreme Technologies. No need to break the bank for an effective online presence. You get top quality Results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices. And, yes, financing options are available. So visit DigitalExtremeTech.com or call 267-205-4203. And for those discounted rates, be sure to tell them that the homies over at War Room Sports sent you. All right, so, look, while y'all were on the Grizz Naive, man, Riddick Bowe, we talked about this. Riddick Bowe was supposed to fight in a celebrity boxing match with Lamar Odom. As much as, you know, as much accolades as Riddick Bowe has as a former heavyweight champion, I always thought that this was a bad idea. And I thought Lamar Odom was going to slaughter dude because, truthfully, Riddick Bowe probably died like a decade or so ago. Riddick Bowe is like our version of Weekend at Bernie's at this point. He's pretty much brain dead. He's a vegetable. So, B, they called this fight off because some disturbing footage of Riddick Bowe training for this fight came out and it was it was disrespectful man i don't know if you remember on the martin uh on martin on his sitcom when they used to have a boy mm-hmm. eric gordon the old head they used to walk by like shuffling his feet that's what your yeah. man looked like and his trainers were in the oh, background man. like good job good job so somebody was like come on oh, man, y'all about no. to send this man to slaughter because lamar odom is gonna have something to prove I'm fighting a former heavyweight champion. He's going to try to get his name on celebrity boxing off of this. He's going to try to kill this much, And he would have killed this I'm a, This dude I'm, almost I'm a, I'm a say this. His reach was I'm going to say this because we, we wouldn't be us if we didn't in this manner, man. As much, as much crack as Lamar Odom has smoked, it can't possibly be as bad as the shots to the head that Riddick Bowe has taken. Right. I'm that boy's been in some wars, man. So, yeah. Um, they basically said in a tweet, all the best to former heavyweight champ Riddick Bowe due to the backlash and being misled from Bowe's management team about Bowe's health. Celebrity boxing is moving forward and having Bowe part of the event, but not as a celebrity boxer. Lamar Odom will take on another celebrity October 2nd. B, when you get a chance, and anybody out there listening who has, hasn't seen this, just look it up on YouTube or whatever, Riddick Bowe training. And watch how sad this is. You saw what happened to Evander Holyfield just a week ago. Evander would probably punish Riddick Bowe right now. You know the wars they had. And Evander shouldn't wow. be in anybody's boxing ring right now. This is sad what this dude looks like, you know, what he sounds like when he talks, how slow he is, not even just boxing, just moving in general. And they were going to throw this man in the ring with somebody who would have had something to prove? Anybody would have something to prove. Yo, this dude used to be the heavyweight champ. I can get some props by beating him up, even though he's half brain dead right now. So, yeah, this was a bad idea, man. I'm glad they're calling it off. Yeah. Man. Shout out to you, Riddick Bo, because you were a warrior. You do not deserve to go out on some clown stuff like this. Um, 
Superdome roof in New Orleans caught fire earlier this week. They were actually trying to um, pressure wash the Superdome so they could paint it because, you know, they, they haven't been at home yet because of Hurricane Ida, but they were looking. The Saints are supposed to make their first official home game. They've been playing in Jacksonville. Um, the first game they played in Jacksonville, and then they, I think uh, one of the last preseason games got moved to somewhere else because of the hurricane. So they were supposed to play um, the first week of October in the Dome, and they're still saying that they will. They said it's not that bad of damage, but I guess whatever they were using, the pressure washer sparked up or something and, and caused a fire on the roof. Yo, the Saints are never going to be able to come home. And, you know, this has happened before. They were displaced Ever. because of the, the what happened to the Dome during Katrina. No offense. I know it's a great place for y'all down there, and it's, it's, it's historical, and all the stuff that it's been through makes, you know, puts it in a, in a different place in people's hearts. But the Superdome has been a dump. And if this stuff keeps happening, like, come on, man. Get those people a new stadium down there, man. <laughs> like, this stuff can't keep happening. Yo, they always displace for some reason. You're the, mean, one, the, first you're time. the one that kind of told me that, and I've kind of witnessed it. But the Superdome should have been destroyed like 15 years ago. The Superdome should have been destroyed after Katrina because, really, who wants to go watch a game or even play a game somewhere where they had piles and piles of dead bodies laying around like the Superdome yeah, and the convention center I didn't even in New Orleans. Like, yo, I'm, not, nasty. I'm not trying to do any of that. I ain't trying to be in that convention center. I ain't going to front. I've been to uh, a convention at that convention center after Katrina. So that was creepy, man. Just because you know, like, yo, over in that corner, they had a pile of dead bodies. Probably smelled like craziness in here. But, um, yo, shout out to them. Get them a new stadium, man. Uh, what else happened while y'all were on the Grizz Nye, man? Oh, a Twitter user caused a stir this week. Let me see if you agree with him, B. Um, when he came on Twitter, and we don't have a lot of time left, but he came on Twitter and said, uh, let me get this quote right. He said, Ice-T really had zero joints, but he's still a hip-hop legend. That's amazing. Dude is an overall 48 player rating, yet he found the Hall of Fame. you agree with that? No, 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 I, I don't agree with that. I, I, I understand why he said that because, I, well, I assume that he's a guy that is into technical, lyrical ability. And so that will make I mean, you look he, for a certain lens that other artists. <laughs> Uh, or he might be one of these new yeah. ninjas. He might be a you know, yeah, that too, that too. Be. because I think like if you're if you're a part of this thing you call hip hop, like you, you know you have to have some kind of knowledge of history and all of that kind of stuff. Like Ice T is in the Hip Hop Hall of Fame. I mean, not just because of his music, but his music was impactful. I mean, this boy had. It was. Um, it was. Yeah. Oh, and, and we got. She. She. She calling sixty seconds on us. But I. We definitely uh, got to go. We're going to talk about this because I, I want to talk about it with you and Word. Jimmy. So we're going to talk about this next week. I'm, we're going to put a pin in this until next week. So look, everybody. Uh, thanks, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, Facebook, Twitter, our group chat, and all the callers who called to chop it, chop it up with us, man. Uh, especially Tobias and his segment this week. Tune in next week live right here or on demand as we recap week three and look forward to week four of the NFL season. 
um, and catch you up on everything happening in the world of sports, life, and entertainment um, that we deem important. So until then, enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the MLB stretch, college football, NFL football, whatever you're watching. Stay safe in them streets. Mask up, and we'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, as well as our blogs, webcasts, and network podcasts on warroomsports.com. Also, make sure you pick up a copy of Jimmy's book at warroomsports.com. Until next time, everybody, (laughs) don't, don't, y'all know what it is. Don't accept mediocrity. Steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.